Guys, I got to tell you something. I have a new favorite product. It is Pluck Seasonings. This stuff is amazing. And not only that, get this. You ready? Lean in for it. It is made with organ meats. Okay, hear me out. If you're like me and you understand and respect the unbelievable rich nutritional value of organ meats, but you don't want to get all liver king and start biting into bull testicles and raw liver and spleens and all that, well, guess what? There is an answer and it is delicious. It is pluck seasonings. Try the all-purpose, the zesty garlic, the pure, which is just a basically no-taste ground freeze-dried organ meats that you can put in protein shakes recipes whatever to get the nutrients but don't worry about the taste and then there's the spice that is so good all right so thursday night for mrs wright i made her ribeye tacos and my ribeye tacos there is nothing about them that sucks they are absolutely amazing but but my friends this thursday was extra special because you know what i did i made a little avocado salad and i threw some of the zesty garlic pluck in there mixed it up put that on the ribeye tacos game changer so good so savory so delicious and get this mrs wright commented on how delicious they were had no clue that she had had a dose of spleen heart liver kidney all of it and didn't even know it so oh and some pancreas was in there too how about that i left one of the five organ meats out it is so good. Check it out at eatpluck.com. And guess what? For the Jason Wright Show listeners, you, you can save 15% by using promo code IMPROVE because that's what we do around here, baby. We are improving always and always, and I want you to improve your nutrition. I want you to improve the taste of your food, and you're going to do it with Pluck. That is eatpluck.com, promo code IMPROVE for 15% off. I guarantee you will love this stuff. Go get some and enjoy. Get plucking, baby. Well, howdy, everyone, and welcome to the Jason Wright Show's best Friday ever. All right, so I thought today I would talk a little bit about, now, first of all, disclaimer, I am not a physician. I'm not making any recommendations for a drug. I am not in any way uh, giving medical advice of any kind. I'm not making any medical claims. All I'm doing is just kind of researching out loud today this drug called Ozempic. I think that's, I'm pronouncing it right, Ozempic. It's O-Z-E-M-P-I-C. And I first heard about this because uh, some people around Tyler, Texas, are taking this drug to lose weight. I had never heard of it, which kind of blew me away. Kind of, to be honest with you, I was kind of miffed. Miffed. I've been miffed in a while. How about that? I was miffed because I'm supposed to know about this stuff. I'm supposed to know if there is some sort of a trend or something where people are using something to lose weight. I'm supposed to know about it because I just, that's what I do. That's the closest thing I have to a hobby, folks, is health and wellness. I do nothing. I lead the most incredibly boring life on earth. I have zero, count them, zero hobbies. If I am not making a, a um, if I'm not acting a clown at my wife's children's store, Hot Tots, then I'm usually writing or working or exercising, trying to figure out how I can 
slow down the aging process. That's about all I do, and it's really kind of sad. And so as a result, because the closest thing I have to a hobby is learning about health and wellness and longevity and all those sorts of things, which I get to talk to you guys a lot about, um, I usually know what's happening in the world of health and wellness. And my wife, uh, she told me that a lot of her friends that she had noticed were dropping a lot of weight and she heard that they were doing it through a diabetes drug, which the first thing I thought of, and those of you out there who know anything about diabetes drugs, you'll, you'll probably uh, laugh at me when I say that I, I thought it was probably metformin. Metformin is a, uh, is a drug that is given to type 1 dia- uh, diabetics, but it's predominantly for, helpful for longevity. Uh, you can listen to a real physician and expert on that that knows a lot more than I do, Peter Tia talk about it. Just do a Google search, uh, Peter Tia metformin, and you can find out about that. And in fact, I think that's probably a drug that will be prescribed at some point or more readily available for people without diabetes uh, to uh, increase longevity. But that was not it. It was instead this drug called uh, uh, Ozempic. And uh, I look here, and I'm doing a quick search, says that here's one of the, the news stories about it. One of the questions is always whenever you're when you start giving drugs out for things like weight loss um, or anything like that that is intended for a potentially life threatening illness, which this is type two diabetes. Which here's the difference: a lot of people don't realize this. So type two and type one are completely different. Like for example, our youngest daughter Abby, she has type one diabetes. How do you get type one diabetes? Just a really, really bad draw. That's it. It's just horribly bad luck. A lot of people think it's hereditary or it's genetic. It's really not. There is maybe a tiny, tiny fraction of correlation with genetics and uh, and, and and getting type one diabetes, but not enough to be able to just basically say, that, "Yeah, well, it was it was genetic." Um, and essentially, what diabetes does, type one diabetes. It shuts down your pancreas, which creates insulin, which is the the regulator of your blood sugar. Uh, It shuts down. So your body does not create insulin. Insulin is the single most critical, important um, hormone for survival, period, bar none, end of story. If you don't create insulin, if you don't have insulin, you will die. It's that simple. So essentially what happens is if you're a type 1 diabetic, then your pancreas stops producing insulin, and therefore your body cannot naturally regulate its blood sugar levels, and you will die unless you take insulin injections. And so this is why if you have ever been around a type 1 diabetic or if you know one, they constantly either wear a pump that secretes or that actually injects uh, insulin into their body based on how they dial it up and how they, they have to figure out math. I mean, it's a really headache of uh, of a disease. It's really, and it's an autoimmune disease, just uh, to kind of let you know what, where it falls in the, in that category. It is a very frustrating uh, disease to have. And and so, like, for example, Abby, whenever she leaves the house to go somewhere, she doesn't just get to run out of the house, hop in her car, and go. She has to make sure that she has her diabetes kit. She has to make sure she has her emergency uh, glucagon, and she has to make sure that she has just her regular insulin if she's not wearing a pump so that she can inject her shots whenever she's about to eat. Uh, and so it is 
and it's and there is no cure, and it's going to be like that for the rest of your life. And basically, if you're ever if you're a type one diabetic and you get stranded on a desert island, then you're not going to live because your body does not produce insulin. So, type two diabetes, on the other hand, is where you develop such a your body develops such a resistance to insulin that the insulin that your body does secrete and your pancreas does produce does not have its intended impact. Here's the way I describe that. <clears throat> Imagine, now here's what insulin sensitivity looks like, okay, meaning that your body is actually sensitive to the insulin, meaning that it actually will, is able to control the blood sugar. Let's say you walk into a football stadium by yourself and you start shouting. Well, everyone, you could hear that, right? Your, your voice would ring throughout the stadium. Well, then let's say that uh, 10 or 12 people come in. So you have to shout even louder and louder to get heard. Well, now let's say that you have the, the stadium completely full of people and you're shouting and it's drowned it out. So now your voice is no longer heard. Your voice is no longer effective, right? Because you can't be heard because there's just so many other voices suppressing your voice. Well, now that's exactly what happens with your pancreas. Imagine that your pancreas it uh, it starts out and it's sensitive because there's not a, the the blood sugar has is not so in, in, in filled into your body that it is that it actually whenever the blood sugar is uh, is combined with the um, with the insulin then it's effective it, it it manages it but whenever you just have so much uh, glucose in your system. And your and your and your pancreas is having to produce so much insulin all the time that eventually it becomes ineffective. So the so the pancreas can still produce insulin, but it loses its uh, its ability to actually control the blood sugar. This is why you see most people who have type two diabetes are overweight. They have eaten too much. They've can they've they've uh, they haven't exercised enough. They usually have. Um, they have a, a, several other conditions that basically they're they're just not physically healthy, and so their body cannot create enough insulin naturally to uh, to manage the overabundance of glucose that they've put into their body over a number of years. And so what they do is they will take drugs to supplement their actual insulin production. Does that make sense? So this drug. Uh, I believe is what it uh, what it's, is what it's supposed to do. It's that's what it is. It supplements the, um, the it supplements the insulin production. And here's what let's see. Uh, and all the topics when you pull it up, <clears throat> it says Ozempic for weight loss. Florida doctor issues strong warning for those looking to use the drug to lose weight. Let's see what this guy has to say. This was uh, this was about a week ago. Ozempic for weight loss. Florida doctor issue, doctors issue strong warning for those looking to use drug to lose weight. And by the way, whenever I started doing the research today for this, it did mention that there is a, a problem that because so many people, and it, it's it's been on TikTok, I didn't know this, but apparently the drug has been touted on TikTok, celebrities are using it, and there could be a shortage of this drug 
for people who actually have type two diabetes and can benefit from it. So that that's when these kind of this that's the same thing with metformin. I think is metformin being a drug that is specifically for uh, treating type one diabetes. If you start just treating it for quote unquote vanity reasons like longevity and living longer, well then people that are actually have a life threatening disease probably need to take priority for those than over those of us that are just trying to optimize health and in this case um, optimize weight loss. All right, so here's the story it says, a relatively new drug used to treat type 2 diabetes has found popularity on TikTok by those who claim the drug helped with their weight loss goals. Now, by the way, I'll tell you, uh, my wife said that the people that have been taking this, the, the weight loss is dramatic. I mean, she's like, that's why she brought, she asked me about it. She just assumed, one, having, you know, Abby as our daughter. So has Abby ever had known, talked about this uh, drug? And then secondly, the fact that, um, so many of her friends are losing so much weight so fast. She's like, do you know anything about this? And, and because again, I'm usually kind of a nerd about this sort of thing. I would, but I didn't, but anyway, so it has been very effective in the people that she's seen taking it. But some doctors have stern warning for those to use it for weight loss sold under the brand name. Ozempic, the FDA approved the diabetes treatment in 2017. It helps lower blood sugar and patients who took it reported weight loss as a positive side effect. You definitely increase your appetite and you feel, excuse me, you definitely decrease your appetite and you feel full pretty much all of the time. And you don't really crave sugar because you don't get the sugar high or sugar low, said Dr. Richard Lehman, a sports orthopedic surgeon. In 2021, the FDA approved the drug under a different name, Wigovi. Where do they come up with these drug names? Wigovi. What the hell? Uh, this time, it was approved to help people dealing with obesity, BMI over 27 with at least one weight-related condition, or people with a BMI over 30 to lose weight. According to the FDA, the largest clinical trial showed people taking Wigovi lost an average of nearly 13% of their initial body weight. That's a lot. Um, that's led those to wanting to drop a few pounds here and there to find doctors willing to prescribe it to them off-label to use for a condition other than for which it has been approved. It's, a cl- it's as close to the magic weight loss as we have, as we have right now, Whew. said Dr. Lehman. He's prescribed the drug to his athletes to help them drop a few pounds. <clears throat> These athletes started in a 7 to 10 days. Wait a minute. These athletes started in, in 7 to 10 days, started to lose weight. You can't just eat as much as you want and not exercise. You have to follow the regimen, he said. However, doctors caution that the perceived benefits can be short-lived, especially if someone has an unhealthy diet, lack of exercise, or healthy education. Or health education. They're given something, and they're promised that this will work. And sometimes it will because they believe it will. But what's going to happen after that fact? Uh, you cannot be on a drug for the rest of your life, said Jeremy Abner, co-owner of Nubia Medical Weight Loss Clinic in Lake Mary, Florida, whose clinic prescribes the drug to some of its patients. I've never tried anything that's been this effective before, one patient said. She said she receives an injection once a week and has lost 20 pounds in eight weeks. Wow. I have to buy new clothes and everybody at work is coming up to me and telling me how great I look, she said. Dr. Ben Kaplan, a primary care physician at Orlando Health and treats patients with diabetes and obesity, said the drug is supposed to be used for weight loss in a high-risk group of patients and not for people outside that group looking to shed pounds here and there. The buyer beware type scenario, patients who are taking these medications off-label for the wrong use for, let's say, recreational purposes essentially, they're doing it at their own risk. 
He said adding that other side effects include pancreatitis, gastrointestinal issues, and gallbladder issues, among others. I'm definitely more of a proponent in patients who want to lose weight to sit down with a dietitian and exercise psychologist to do things the right way. And then they fail, uh, and then if they fail that initial therapy, then you can um, have a discussion about medication help with weight loss, Dr. Kaplan said. It's also not an expensive drug to get. Dr. Lehman said an injection once or twice a week would cost between $500 and $700. That will vary from, that will vary from clinic to clinic, and insurance can sometimes co- cover the cost for people who qualify, including for obesity, he said. All right, so now here comes my commentary. All right, so first of all, if something sounds too good to be true, it probably, yeah, you can finish the sentence, probably is, right? Um, you know, I, I, man, this just, I have such strong opinions on this because I think that's, I've, I've mentioned on this show before my, my feelings on obesity, uh, and how it is not properly categorized or looked at in, at the, in, in society. I think that, uh, on the one hand, you say that people are fat shaming all the time if they, if they notice that someone is overweight. And we're supposed to buy this notion that somehow uh, being grossly overweight is sexy, it's attractive. We have companies like Nike creating these mannequins that are obese and Victoria's Secret putting obese models out. And look, I'm not here to make anyone feel bad for being obese. What I think, but, but we're not doing people a, a service by saying that you, if you're obese, that it's okay. And look, here's the thing. There's a multitude of reasons for people to be grossly overweight. Uh, and it's not always that they're just lazy slobs. That's not the case. Some people, this is, it's due to depression. It is due to uh, a history in their family of how, their relationship with food, what it meant to them. It's still, it's, it, there's all sorts of reasons why people become grossly overweight. But we would never look at someone and see them stepping outside. Let's say we're going to gather for Christmas, right, with all of our families. If in this day and age, in 2022, we had a relative that was stepping outside and smoking a ciggy every 30 minutes to an hour, would we not at some point, would not someone at the party go, you know, have you ever thought about not smoking? Because it is just, you're, you're watching someone shorten their lifespan on purpose. And it's the same way with obesity. If you are obese, then right now, I mean, we just came out of this pandemic, and some say we're still in it, whatever the case may be. I'm not here to make a claim about that. Um, Most of the people that died of COVID, they were, in fact, uh, immunocompromised, a lot of it due to obesity and bad eating habits, bad lifestyle habits, and all this. So, when it comes to treating obesity uh, or just weight issues in general, you got to look and go, all right, what, what's not just the fix for now, but what's going to be something that's going to, going to create benefits well into my future life. And essentially folks, it's not rocket science. If you will, 
explore things. And there is no one size fits all thing. Like for instance, I talk a lot about intermittent fasting and I was just talking to uh, a friend of mine that I've worked with for a number of years. And he told me, I just can't do intermittent fasting. I just, I'm not going to do it. I just can't, I don't have the willpower, whatever. That's a person that absolutely should not be doing intermittent fasting. Absolutely not. Because if it becomes such mental drudgery that it puts you in even worse state, then what it's going to do is going to drive you to do the very thing that you're trying to heal yourself from. And that's one of the things I want to recommend to all of you is that if you decide in the new year that you're going to drop some weight, you're going to do some exercise, and it's something that you either have dreaded, hated, despised, you've never stayed on track, then I want you to strategically think about how you're going to do it in a way that is enjoyable and it doesn't beat you down mentally. We have to take our mental faculties into account whenever we decide that we're going to improve. And this is why I just had this uh, conversation with, uh, with one of my daughters is that, you know, again, I'm a guy that I enjoy physical training. I enjoy punishing my body and sweating and, and going without meals. I enjoy that stuff. And and it's it doesn't make me any better or any more disciplined. I'm not any more disciplined equals freedom like Jocko Willink than anybody else. It's just look, I, that's what I happen to enjoy. I have found satisfaction in that. But let me tell you something: if it were just mental drudgery, if I had to exercise willpower every time I wanted to go down to my garage and train, um, I would I wouldn't do it. The the mental burden would become too great. And what and, and again, like I said earlier, what we will do if eating is your um, is your remedy for your depression, for your anxiety, then if you do something to try to counter that, then what'll, and, and you don't have the right state of mind going in, then what you're going to do is it, the, the thing that you're trying to better yourself from, the mental stress will drive you right to that thing. That's why you have people that go on these crash diets and they starve themselves, or they just don't eat at all. I mean, their 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 eating is so drastically changed. Their physical activity is so drastically changed in such a short period of time. They don't work their way up. They don't try to just improve that one percent per day. What they'll do is they will end up finding themselves going back to eating even more than they did before because it's almost like an internal rebellion. They will retreat to the very thing that they're trying to escape. It's a crazy phenomenon, but it, it happens. I've always said, if you're, if you're trying to create a new behavior and your strategy is based on willpower, then that is a strategy that is going to fail. It, you have set yourself up for, for failure from day one, and here's why. Willpower involves creating a battle. It's your will versus what the natural thing you want to do is. Okay, And what happens in every single battle? At some point, you get weary. You get weary. Now, willpower is a very good tool to use to get started. But willpower is not sustainable. If you have to think and get yourself into a correct mental state and really motivate yourself and really fire yourself up and just, I mean, just kind of drag yourself to do any activity Every single time you do it, it's not sustainable. You won't do it. So while, again, I'm not here to make medical recommendations, 
it, I would ask all of you, since this is kind of flying around, it's become popular. And again, it came across my radar because the kind of the idea of Ozempic is going viral. I would just do the research and I would at least make a deal with yourself, challenge yourself. And I know some of the people taking it that I, 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 don't, I haven't talked to them about, it, but I just know who they are. They're people that exercise and train a lot. They, they, they do exercise. They do work out. And, and they've taken this, and it's really just, you know, kind of, it looks like it's kind of giving them the last step. But I can tell you this. It will not be sustainable for the long term. And the thing you have to know, if you want to listen to, I don't know if we covered it in this podcast, but Joel Green, who's one of my health and wellness mentors, he's the author of The Immunity Code, a great book. I recommend everyone pick that book up, The Immunity Code, which essentially discusses if you want to really tap into longevity and living healthier longer, if you're more interested in health span versus just simply lifespan, in other words, if you're interested in living healthier longer as opposed to just living longer, this is a great handbook for you. And it and it entails dealing with inflammation first and foremost, getting your gut biome corrected so that your body is not constantly fighting to defend itself against disease and illness and, and viruses. You get your body healthy internally, and you focus on your cellular health. And here's the thing. And again, this is just my rudimentary understanding. You're about to hear me just kind of work this thing out in my head. I'm. This is not an expert opinion, but this is what I do know from studying with Joel Green and learning from him and just researching it, again, researching this stuff, to the nth degree to try to figure out how I can most optimize my health for longevity. All right, so if we go down to the cellular level, there's a difference between a healthy fat cell and a damaged fat cell. And what happens if we start to basically lose these cells, uh, or we shrink these cells really quickly, then what we do is these little cells have like little rafters around them that keep them safe, right? So what, imagine that you decide you want to, um, let's just for a lack of a better description, let's say you want to shrink your house for some reason in a certain area. So you go and you, you, you take out a bunch of bricks, right? You take the bricks out and then you decide, and so you kind of shrink the house and then you decide you want to, eh, I want to make it, it's going to get bigger again with time. Let's just say it just naturally gets bigger. Okay. Now it's getting bigger, but you want to shrink it again really fast. Well, by, by, Removing the bricks and putting them in, removing the bricks and putting them in, constantly remortaring. Eventually, it gets all wobbly. The bricks get kind of cracked. They get kind of they're not as stable as they once were. They don't look as good, and so therefore they get to the point where they're kind of useless. And that's what happens. And that's probably a terrible analogy, uh, but what happens is if we damage these cells, then they can they get to the point where they can't be shrunk again. Or the area takes a lot more effort, effort and a lot more work because your mitochondria is, which is the inner, the power, the powerhouse of the cell. The mitochondria is weaker, so it doesn't work as well. Uh, the cell is just the, the rafters around it that are protecting it that they have been compromised. So the cell is just receiving damage, and what you end up with is a lot of damaged cells. And this is why, when you don't lose weight the right way, when you don't Take into consideration, I want to keep my cells healthy as I shrink them, as I lose weight. If you just say, I'm coming in here with a wrecking ball by any means necessary, and if I destroy some cells, oh well, no problem, then what's going to happen is 
those cells will again, you will get fat again. You will gain the weight again. And the next time you do, you're going to do this again. You're going to want to lose the weight. But the only thing is, it's going to be that much harder to lose the weight because these are no longer high-performing, healthy, energetic cells. Instead, they've been damaged. And so I got to believe that if people are taking this drug, and again, check me out. Look, at, I'm going to do more research. I'm just, again, this is just me kind of looking at it on the surface, knowing how this, thing's, this thing works, knowing that losing weight really quickly is, in general, not good for the cells. It's not. Um, Unless you are doing it, in a, if you're doing it in a mindful, healthy way, you're exercising, you're eating right, you're lowering inflammation, you're doing all these things, taking the, taking these things into consideration, then um, then it's just it's not a good idea. So I, I'm going to do more research. I would like to find. I may reach out to Dr. Michael Eads and see what he knows about Ozempic and kind of his idea on this. You know, Mike, Michael Eads was the New York Times bestselling author of uh, Protein Power. He's been on the show a number of times. It was one of the, I mean, he was one of the pioneers of the high-fat, low-carb um, uh, eating protocol. And just a brilliant, brilliant guy. And, and, and just kind of discuss kind of what could the downsides to this be because I'm just, and look, here's the thing, folks. Nothing really good and worthwhile comes from ease it just i mean just look it's like i started this thing out with if it looks too good to be true if it sounds too good to be true it probably is and so i would just enter this with a great deal of caution if um if you're someone who is struggling with uh with weight and excess fat uh if you're i mean let's just say you're completely obese uh, shoot me a message. Go to jasonrightnow.com and uh, hit fill out that contact, and just I will I will point you in the right directions and give you some some easy wins, some easy ideas as to how you can get started uh, on a road to good health. Look, there's just a, there's just tiny tweaks that we can all make that have such a, a, a profound impact on our health. It doesn't all have to be uh, going and joining a CrossFit box or, you know, doing intermittent fasting, doing long fasts or, or no carbs. No, there is a balanced approach. And I can tell you this right now, this would be my, you know, when people ask me, what do you do to lose weight? You know, how do you keep weight off? Here's kind of my very, very basic. I mean, this is just kind of my basic baseline protocol. All right, you ready? First of all, don't eat anything within three hours of going to bed. So if you're someone that goes to bed at 11, at 8 o'clock, have nothing else to eat. Okay, just always kind of figure that in. Uh, if um, And then if you can, don't worry about if Don't get all hung up on intermittent fasting and read a bunch of books about fasting or, or any of that. Don't, don't, don't worry about that. And this is coming from somebody who does fast, who fasts almost every day. But I'm telling you, it's not for everybody. So don't worry about that. Instead, worry about one little thing. Okay, it's 8 o'clock. I'm going to bed at 11. I'm going to bed. If it's 7 o'clock, I'm going to bed at 10. I'm not going to eat anything. I would rather you drill into your head. I don't 
eat. I only eat between the hours of 10 a.m. and 7 p.m. That's when I do eat. That's my feeding window, as opposed to planning in your head when you don't eat. So don't worry about that. Just just throughout the day, go. This is this is cool. This is when I eat. This is when I feed. But then, and then don't make it about hunger. Make it about well, this is so I can get proper sleep. My body can recover. My digestive system gets it gets to work as optimized and as efficiently as possible if I don't eat within three hours of going to sleep. So therefore, that's the first thing I tell people is don't eat within three hours of going to bed. That's that's win number one. Win number two, try your best to postpone eating anything the next day as long as you can. And if that's 8 o'clock, fine. If it's 9 o'clock, great. 10 o'clock, doesn't matter. Just try your best to not eat anything before, say, 10 o'clock. So you stop eating at 8. You don't eat again until 10. If you just do that. That's just, that's just one tiny little start, okay? And what we're tr- what I try to do is help people just be conscious of not of, of of when they actually feed themselves, because most of us in in this modern era we eat around the clock. We don't we don't even stop to think that you know of going through a drive through at 10 p.m. because we've been at a party and the food wasn't good, and so we just run through and grab something real quick, and then we we scarf that down and we go to bed. So then our body has to work overtime all night digesting that. If it's crappy food from like Whataburger, Taco Bell, then it's probably going to cause some inflammation internally. So your body's going to have to unleash some soldiers to go clear up that inflammation to help your gut. It just there's all these things that are going to have to happen. But we don't think about that. We think, well, if the food's there and I'm hungry, I eat, right? So that's the first thing I do. The next thing I would say is move every single day and, in fact, if you can start a a, a, um, a habit of getting up and on an empty stomach, just doing some sort of movement of any kind, I don't care if it's ten jumping jacks. Uh, but if that if I do do one freaking jumping jack, just get into the. I, I wake up, I do a jumping jack, or I do one push up, or I march in place for thirty seconds. Just do something. Just get up and just move, having not eaten anything. And then eventually, if that can turn into a short walk, you walk around your block, and then eventually you go, you wake up, you get a little bit of movement, and then, you know, you wait till 9, 10 o'clock, and you have your first meal, and then you don't eat anything after 8 o'clock. If you can just do those things, it will make a huge difference. Then it's, then it's little things like throughout the day, setting a timer, setting alerts on your phone that... um Every at the top of every hour, you just stand up and march in place. Okay, these are not. I'm, it's this is not hardcore exercise. This isn't some hit routine. I'm talking about if you just if you're in a cubicle, if you're in an office, we sit way, 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 way too much. This is so unhealthy. Um, so if you'll just set a timer uh, at the top of every minute, you, it buzzes. Or some of you, you, if you, that's why on the Apple Watch, that's why it does the little buzz when you've been sitting too long, is to get up, march in place, and do that. If that, so that's the thing that I would, and then there's all sorts of stuff you can go into. Obviously, that's harder than. But I'm just saying, if you'll just don't eat before 10 a.m. and don't eat after 8 p.m., 7 p.m., and then try to shrink that feeding window, then all of a sudden you will start to, you will notice weight loss. 
but it will be in a healthy way. Then it comes down to the things that you eat, really attacking sugar. Sugar is uh, it's poison. Sugar causes so much inflammation. And then it's starting to look at um, uh, industrial seed oils, which are in so many things. If you eat anything from a bag, uh, meaning even those chips that – uh, kind of present themselves as healthy, like these veggie strips or the uh, uh, cauliflower uh, nacho chips. All this, look at the back of the package, and you'll find that they probably have some sort of of uh, industrial seed oil. And essentially, that just means any oil from a seed, whether it is sunflower seed, canola, any of this stuff. And it's not good for you; it causes inflammation. So. Cutting that stuff out of your your diet. Everybody's so obsessed with gluten, and I understand that. And but you can actually, if you can get your gut health, a lot of people that struggle with things like uh, gluten uh, gluten issues, and uh, and uh, I guess uh, lactose intolerance. If you have your if your stomach is kind of achy all the time, and and if you're gassy a lot, then it probably means that you're you're your gut biome is out of whack, and therefore there's probably further inflammation in your body. And so just start looking to see, am I eating whole foods? And what whole foods mean is eating things that grew, eating things that once had parents. If, you, and if you're not a uh, carnivore, if you are vegan or a vegetarian, well, then go find some ways to supplement that protein. You can get a lot of plant protein now and, and just find ways or that um, you can actually start to just eat eat good foods but at the right time and eat healthier and that's a thing too and look i know it's a lot easier to just run up to the doctor and have them give you a shot and call it a day i get that but the long-term health impact of creating good behaviors and habits are so much more beneficial you will feel better you will uh, and you'll look good naturally and then you don't have to worry about the side effects and then what's crazy about this i'm just going to venture a guess I bet that there are a lot of people that are taking um, Ozempic that were like furious about the vaccine, you know. And so it's like, well, you're putting something in your body. Anytime you're putting something in your body uh, as a means of, um, you know, either strengthening your immune system, fighting a virus or anything like that, you should just always look at it in, in the greatest of detail, right? Your body is an amazing, it is a miraculous machine. It truly is. And food uh, eaten properly in proper amounts and movement and using that body, using that machine properly, the, in, the, the impacts of natural healing are just absolutely phenomenal now so again i'm not saying don't take ozempic i'm not saying that it's that but i'm just saying that look it's like anything else if i were to say to you okay you can take this drug and lose a lot of weight really quickly and we don't know what the long-term effects are we know some side effects and by the way everything that it's doing for you see you can only take it for so long you can only take for so long and eventually you're gonna have to go back to where you are right now before you take the drug you will be back here and you're going to have to figure out a way to keep the weight off on your own because you can't take this forever. That being the case, would you rather just go ahead and get started 
right here so that when, whenever you, that, that we never have to come back to this place where you can lose the weight because you've now changed behaviors. Now, now it's become your lifestyle. Now it's become how you, it's, it has become how you think about food. It's changed your relationship with food. It's changed your, your, your behavior as it relates to activity and physical fitness and longevity and health span. You, you're, you had a whole mental change. It's like this whole holistic change to where you've optimized your entire body to live better so that we don't ever have to worry about coming back here and going, okay, well, can't take that anymore. Now what are you going to do? And then you blow up, you get fat. But the difference is you're not just gaining the weight back, but now you're gaining the weight with unhealthy cells. So it's going to be even harder. So now you can't take the drug to lose the weight. And it's even harder to lose it because your body has been damaged in the process. The cells have been damaged in the process. So it's going to be that much harder. So which would you rather do? And look, it's it's delayed gratification. I get it. And I don't take that lightly. It is hard, hard, hard. But Every single thing that I have experienced in this life, and I know you have too, this is not just me, every single thing that has that is truly worthwhile and truly worth pursuing is generally, it generally comes with some hardship, some struggle, some suffering, time, the feedback loops are long, um, but you can do it. And, and the benefits are always greater. The compounding effect of good behaviors as a way to lose weight and get healthy are much better, I think, than any quick fix. So that's just a little bit about Ozempic that I thought I would bring to you on this best Friday ever as we near Christmas. I hope you all have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your Friday, a great weekend, and uh, hey, whatever you do, Whenever it's losing weight, exercising, learning your your with your relationships, your emotional health, all of it. Always endeavor to improve. Always and always. I'm Jason and I'm out. Well, that does it for this episode of The Jason Wright Show. Thank you so much for listening. This has been a Texas Titan Media production. Fourth Wall did the music. And as always, thank you so much for listening. Please consider going out to jasonwrightnow.com and signing up for the Vitruvian Letter. Also, please go out to iTunes. It takes like 30 seconds to just leave us a five-star rating. It does wonders for the podcast. I would be so grateful. And with that, until we meet again, go crush it and endeavor to improve always in all ways. I'm out.